This is episode two of the Rough and Tumble podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to our Patreon, our YouTube channel, the Rough and Tumble podcast, as well as you can find us on Instagram. We're getting a little bit more active on there. Interact with us a little bit. Send us some things that you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, Tell us what you do and don't like about the podcast. And then also on Spotify. So make sure you check us out on Spotify. We also have a playlist, the Rough and Tumble playlist on Spotify, where we'll be linking any music that we talk about in the podcast. Thanks for listening, and let's get into the episode. Like I feel completely unprepared for this <laughs> episode. I feel kind of rushed, actually. Really? Yeah, just because, I mean, like, we didn't get into, uh, well, dude, I didn't get service until, like, we were in Conway. Mm-hmm. And um, so I couldn't, I couldn't text or get any of that stuff done. So you didn't get to watch the fights? No. We're recording, by the way. Oh, are we? Yeah. No, I didn't get to watch the fights because um, my daughter's decided that they wanted to have their birthdays so on the same day <laughs> what a joke <laughs> and so no i didn't get to and honestly um it was at one o'clock in the afternoon which was weird mm-hmm. first of all and um i don't know why everybody can't just be on the same time zone i don't know why they can't have to change it no matter where you go and then um i didn't want to spend 50 dollars to watch it by myself yeah that was a big part of it there's a lot of people that are like confused by the whole ESPN Plus yeah. um, thing. Well, you pay four ninety nine a month to be able to. You pay four ninety nine a month for the opportunity <laughs> to buy the paper. To buy the pay per view, we'll allow you to buy the pay per views yeah. now. How nice of them! That's funny. Now I get to watch them. They, uh, we were at a bachelor party and yeah, we were at the cabin at the White River, which I didn't know that the White River fucking blows. There's nothing to do there. You can't like swim. Why? It's just a big old river. Like it's, <laughs> it's just a big old dumb river. Yeah, it's not. It's not like you know, like the Buffalo River. You can go. Jump what did you in expect? And, there was going to be water slides at every quarter mile, and like I was hoping something like that. I brought actually a big uh, a rope to build a rope swing. I wanted to build a rope. Thought swing. you were going somewhere else with that. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to build a rope swing, but. There's nowhere to do it at. There's no trees for you to put it up? I on? mean, there's trees and stuff, but I'm not going to... You can't jump in that water. That's, that river was moving so damn fast. Oh, here. was it? I don't know that I've ever been to the White River. It's. I think that it's pretty shallow. I could probably stand up in it, but I don't want to take the risk <laughs> on it to find I never out. put my legs down the whole time. I was yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get into the water like that without shoes on. I have a super big fear of uh, water I can't see at the bottom of. Yeah. Yeah. The same. I, I panicked. Can't. Um so part of my job required me to go to water survival training. It's in Pensacola, Florida, and it's in the little bay there in Pensacola, Florida by the Naval Air Station. And um, the cool part is, is that I got to parasail for free because it was part of the training. So they put you up on this boat and then they pull you off the boat in a parasail. Is that a practical means of like training for the military? Yeah, like, it may, it'll make you're sense. You're just going to be shooting people from a boat that's <laughs> pulling a parachute behind? I didn't know. There's more to it than that. <laughs> and um, Protecting our country. <laughs> just one parasail at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, there's a person on the boat that waves a flag 
Oh, okay. Like, yeah, and then you, and then that's when you start shooting at them. Right. Get no. out. <laughs> you pull these uh, cords, and it releases you from the boat, and you float down under canopy into the water to simulate that to you practice. Yeah. yeah, to practice. I kept freaking out uh-huh. because I, I couldn't see the water below me. I couldn't see below me, and I kept thinking that everything that touched me was a shark or a jellyfish. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I'm panicking, but then you also have to blow up your life raft that you have to get into. On the life raft, it has it's an actual life raft, and then it has this rain guard that you can blow up also, which is super thin, but it's like it blows up so you can hunker down inside of it. Mm. That's the only thing I could find to blow up. And I'd convinced myself that it was plenty of stuff. Uh, it was buoyant enough to hold me up, but it wasn't. <laughs> and so I just kept sinking back underwater. <laughs> it was the worst. I was like super panicked, but I didn't want anybody to know because I was like, dude, I don't want anybody to know that I'm panicking because then what if they kick me out of the program? Yeah. And so I just eventually got the other one blown up. But the border security program, yeah. instead of building a wall, they're just gonna have parasailers around yeah. the Gulf Coast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so okay. Uh, back to the fights that we originally were talking about. Yeah, which I didn't get to watch again, which I'm pretty upset about because it was I was super super excited about watching the fight. One, I'm a huge Khabib fan. I think I'm a big fan of Khabib for the same reason that I was a fan of George St. Pierre, which I still am a huge fan of George St. Pierre. I don't really like either of them. Well. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. That's why we started so, the podcast. T- top three favorite fighters of all time, Khabib, George St. Pierre, and Johnny Wester. So. <laughs> and so, um, I'm just happy to be here. I've never fought in my life, so you have way more experience than I do even talking about it. I was always the guy that, was, that talked about it but never did it, so yeah. it worked out. And then I got my black belt, and I was like, well, too late now. <laughs> Can't uh, do it now. Can't do it now. I mean, it's, it's, it's rule. They'd have to put me in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, like right away. Can't do. It. I'm 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 a pro. That's Not what black belt means. Yeah, they, they would have to put me in the UFC. <laughs> like Dana's gonna have to give me a contract. You know, if TJ Brown was a black belt, he wouldn't have had to get on the contender series. Yeah, there you yeah, go. He's a brown belt. Good so job, like, no. TJ. Yeah, way to go, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I told him that uh, that we talked about him on the po- first episode. Yeah, and I said it's funny that we both have a story about how you promised us shoutouts, and uh, <laughs> yeah. he didn't give you one of us. A- <laughs> we're gonna get a shout out one way or another. Damn it! If we're not careful, we're gonna start getting checks in the mail. <laughs> People are gonna start billing us for using our name. I know. I just like the relentless relentlessness that Khabib is able to produce, and I've always felt George St. Pierre had that same ability, the the ability the ability to turn it on and never turn it back off. It kind of goes back to what we talked about in the last episode, where I was talking about like not like mental breaking. Yeah, and I feel like Khabib just never has the that switch doesn't exist for him. So I always like that. But Dustin Poirier is a hometown. It's your uh, boy. It's my boy, mm-hmm. right? Um, trains out of Tim Crater's gym in uh, Lafayette under uh, the uh, Gladiator Academy out of there. So it was a weird thing for me because I was really, really huge fan of Khabib, but at the same time, I'm a huge fan of Dustin Poirier as well. So I didn't, I was, it was, I wanted Dustin to win. Obviously I wanted Dustin to win and I believed that he could. And I still believe that in another opportunity, he could still do the same. But um, I did find out the results of the fight, which were disappointing for myself, so. That's an incredible recap of UFC 242. <laughs> did you, did uh, <laughs> did you, uh, Davy Ramos fight? Too. Yeah. Did you know that he doesn't know how to throw a single straight punch? <laughs> Everything's a hook? Everything is just round. I don't know if it's because of the way his arms are built or. That's hilarious. Yeah, he could not throw can you straight imagine down be, the line. Can you imagine being his his striking coach when you're like, one? Yeah. But he throws a three and you're like, no, I 
I'm pretty sure I said one. I've coached those people. <laughs> they just I, I they're nothing them. but threes and fours. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what the problem is. And then uh, Paul Felder and Edson Barbosa fought. That was a good fight. I too. really like Edson Barbosa also. Um, <laughs> one of the first times I'd ever seen Khabib actually fight. Um, so I watched his uh, Michael Johnson. Was that guy's name? Yeah. That's a guy? Yeah. That's yeah. his real name? Mm -hmm. Okay. I watched him fight. And Michael Johnson almost, he actually clipped him and almost knocked him out. And then yeah. Khabib came back and dominated. And then I watched the Edson Barbosa fight. Khabib like just was insanely relentless to the point where you're just like, dude, somebody's got to step in. Yeah. Um, and that's when I really started to follow Khabib was after that fight. I don't, here's what I found out from that fight. I don't like Paul Felder, like <laughs> just him, his, uh, him as a person. I'm not a fan of, cause after the fight, you know, he's like crying he, I mean, he looks like when he gets the microphone, you're not going to understand anything he's saying because he's just bawling his eyes out. His eyes out. As soon as the microphone touches, it gets to his face. He's like, "Thanks, guys. Anyways, I wanted to tell you, I had a really great time in there." He's like, you fake motherfucker. You are literally my children. Yeah, every one of my kids. <laughs> you're my, my children. <laughs> you're a five-year-old. You're a five-year-old. And then he started talking about like how he can be doing other things like commentating and acting and all already stuff. yeah and i'm like come on bro like, that's the problem you're gonna run into you know um you know how like certain certain um groups have stolen different symbols from the world you know like yeah. rainbows and things like americans that. with anything native yeah american. <laughs> dream catchers <laughs> it pisses me off that like we actually still call them indians like you idiots <laughs> somebody came here and thought this was india I do, th you know, I do think it's funny when people make a big deal about Columbus Day and they get, I don't know if you're one of those people. I take Columbus Day off because it's, I'm an American and I deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And so. Because it's, because I'm an American <laughs> and I'm lazy. Yeah. I want a day off work. <laughs> yeah. I, was I also take off Labor Day, <laughs> Memorial Day. I get it. And I did research the, the Columbus stuff. And, and yes, it was very atrocious. And I have Native American heritage in my, in my ancestry. But I still call them Indians. Well, it's not like there's like a family of Columbuses that are still like raking in the cash from his copyright on that holiday. Like, yes, these idiots. Yes, yes They don't yes. realize. Every time somebody has a Columbus Day sale at Macy's, they have to pay the yeah. Columbus family. <laughs> Every time the Columbus Day song is played, they got to pay royalties. No, I, I don't. I mean, like, who cares, honestly? I know. What we call it. It could be change to like Harriet Tubman Day or something. That would might. I'm still going to take the day off. Oh, and then you pretty much recapped the Khabib versus Poirier fight. <laughs> yeah, I like how we've been on this, these trying to recap these fights for 30 minutes now. I didn't see the fight, so I can't recap it. I just know that my boy lost. Yeah. My rear naked choke in the third round. What you expected to happen happened. You know, like, I didn't really expect that to happen. Poirier had a... You really didn't expect no. it? That's what surprised me the most is everybody was for pulling for Poirier. And I was like, I get it. I'm behind the guy. I yeah. want him to win. And he had like a chance, a couple moments, but I'm like, I heard that he went for a, a pretty decent guillotine. Yeah, that may or may not have been successful, but Khabib, Khabib and uh, Islam, or maybe one of the other guys, both of them have like Bryce level guillotine defense. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like they they roll out of those guillotines like it's no problem. And honestly, I learned in the guillotine when you're rolling out like to. Because of Bryce, I started learning to look at the lock, you know, and start yeah. rolling out. After that, I never got guillotined again. Wish I would have known that uh, before I fought. 
Ben Brewer? That, no, Ben triangled me. Oh, that's right. It was the other guy that I'm pretty sure his dad beat him afterward. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he, he's so tough because it took years of punishment. That's right. His dad. dad's just been beating him. He's like, I was built for this. Do you like uh, Do you like Metallica? I mean, Are you like I respect the people? band. I can't fucking stand of course. Metallica. I don't. I don't own any of the records, and I don't. I couldn't tell you any song outside of the songs that are on the radio. I had this theory when I was a kid that if the if my friend's parents had like a Guns N' Roses poster or flag, the flag was the biggest the biggest sign, uh, or a Metallica anything that they were drug addicts. That they were drug addicts or alcoholics. <laughs> I think one guy one time like. One of my friends' dad was an alcoholic, and then of course he was. Like beat his wife and offered me blueberry pancakes in the morning. You know how they always do. <laughs> well, something listen to nice? the master of puppets. <laughs> yeah, they do something nice the next morning because they feel. Just trying to take your mind off the fact that you heard him beating his wife all night long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, kid, you want some blueberry pancakes? I was like, yeah. This yeah, is I'm really, not trying to get hit in the face. Of course I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have some issues later. But <laughs> chow down. <laughs> it's just you automatically think that pancakes are how you solve conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> I know you said no, but here's some pancakes. (laughs) 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 Whoops. Uh, (laughs) Well, that caps it for UFC 242. (laughs) Oh, God. We didn't get any. We're not professional recappers, though. Yeah. We're amateur at best. Honestly, I'm the worst fucking person to watch fights with because I can't stop looking at how funny people look. And like the whole time I was thinking, because these fights were in Abu Dhabi, and so they all had, uh, I don't know what the outfits that they were are called, and I'm not going to try to say it's what they are, because it's going to be terribly racist. <laughs> but uh, it's all white. They're all in like, yes. these white gowns, robes, or something. And it's because there's no dirt anywhere near them. Yeah, there's definitely except not the whole any sandbox sand. that they live in. I started thinking, of like, what if like one guy showed up with spaghetti? How nervous everybody around him would be. <laughs> you know, like, damn it, Jerry, we told you. <laughs> That's why he wore his red We one. were all wearing white. You knew white. this. <laughs> you brought spaghetti, you asshole. <laughs> but I can't stop watching like people in the background or just how stupid people look when they fight sometimes. I don't I have to watch a fight like four or five times before I actually I just tell them to stand it up all the time. Yeah. I just yell to stand why it up. Why don't they just get back up? Just get back up. Yeah. Stand up. Just if if I was in there, I would just stand back up. Yeah, there's no way none of that, any of that stuff would work on me. Easily, you just. And it's it's fair to say that none of this, none of the Uf, none, UFC doesn't work in the streets. No, absolutely I mean, not. That's. Uh, I had this conversation recently. Somebody was talking about like, you know, if I if I had a knife, I'd stab you. Okay, <laughs> a if we're like in a street fight, do you think that I have like some moral code that I'm not going right. to pick up anything around me and do the same? And B. I've I've also trained against knives and played with those things and like dude stab me that gives me like all the reason now to kill you just pull your pants down yeah yeah like, nobody's coming near if, me if you want to clinch we're gonna clinch yeah you seen the size of this thing have you seen incredibly disappointing <laughs> it's a total distraction yeah like, is that a mole do you have a mole <laughs> you dropped your knife just out of shock. I didn't know they made them that small. Somebody's already cut yours off. Yeah. Oh, you know what I was cracking up about? We we worked so hard. We tried so hard when we started the podcast. We're like, dude, we're not going to do dick jokes. And dude. we're not going to talk about BJ. And I don't think that we did. We're smarter or more clever than that. Every fucking review was like, great BJJ podcast with 
minimal dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, where's my phone? I could, I could, I've got five text messages from multiple people that literally go, "I thought it was just gonna be dick jokes." Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a. Uh... <laughs> I don't even tell that many dick jokes. No, well, mine are well crafted. Well, the uh, thing is, is finely tuned dick in... jokes. <laughs> You get a dick joke, you don't even know you got a dick joke. You got to sit on it for a week. It's a dick joke in the disguise of a math joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, was that a dick joke? No, nope, that was a math joke. You'll I, get it later. <laughs> I had a friend that <laughs> texted me congratulating me for getting John Cena on the podcast. <laughs> I saved that on my phone because I want to look at it years from now. Dude, he was so nice about it. He's like, you've been working so hard, bro. And you finally, I'm so proud of you. It's all paid off. You got... You got John Cena on your podcast. This is the big time. I felt well so bad for telling him that it wasn't actually John Cena. You should have never have told him it wasn't. Just really send him another should. picture of me with the John Cena belt. I should have. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that picture that you posted of me was obviously me. And he saw that picture. He's, he said, wait to pick out the picture that looks most like John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I have way more John Cena inspired pictures than that one. <laughs> I was drunk in that picture. Yeah. I was on the beach in North Carolina. Drunk. Some, somebody said you look more like Josh Barnett's bastard child. <laughs> Josh Barnett has the... That's the worst. That's not even a compliment. That's terrible. <laughs> He's a weird looking dude. And he has the weirdest shaped body I've ever seen. He, he looks like he looks like Andre the Giant from the 1980, like 85 World Championships of Wrestling. Dude, there's something in those in those uh, underwear that he wears. <laughs> He's always got like a saggy bottom. I bet it's a tie cup. A tie it's cup. on backwards. Oh, in the back. <laughs> yeah. To protect the b-hole. Yeah. The rusty penny. I don't know what rules there are. It's going to get really weird. <laughs> we had to no, know. I was... A lot of pressure right now, man. We got we're almost up at three hundred views or like <sighs> listens. We better start There's messing no this up. No way. Here's the here's the thing is I'm already out of jokes. I've pretty I haven't much, even started. Yeah, there's I can only be I so just, funny. I've just been co signing on your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's this will be the last episode. I'm yeah. done. I also have an ESPN stats page. I found that <laughs> Do out you really? long ago. Yeah. It's just it's not accurate and it's like and it's, it's basically the, they just pulled it off at MMA.com or whatever. It, it says Johnny like Waster instead yeah, of Wester. Yeah, Johnny Waster. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that it's on there makes me feel special. You know how hard it is to spell your name without an H? My 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 first, first name? name. Yeah, thirty six years of spelling Johnny make it really hard for me to take the H out of your name. Who do you know? Another Johnny? I know hundreds of Johnnies. Oh really? Literally, I have an entire catalog of Johnnies. <laughs> That's all that joins the military is Johnny's. That's it. I have a Rolodex under J. It just yeah. says Johnny. Did you join the military when you were 18? 19. 19? Yeah. You just didn't have anything to do? No, there. Uh, I didn't. I was working at a catfish restaurant, serving yeah. tables, making mm -hmm. pretty good money. Dodged a bullet because it burned down while I was in basic training. Nice. And that was my retirement plan. So it worked out. No, there was a car club. I used to really be into cars. I still am into cars, but not as much. All the guys in my hometown... Uh, who had the coolest cars were all military. Oh yeah. So I just assumed they all they made like a lot of money, mm -hmm. which they do when you've been in for seventeen years. Yeah. Uh, they but just blew all their their bonus. Yeah, they that. just deployed a bunch of times and got all their money and stuff like that, and then probably had severe credit card debt. Yeah. You know. So it turns out uh, they were retarded, and so <laughs> they just they just had thousands and thousands of dollars worth of credit card debt. No, no offense, but I assume most everybody that signs up in the military at eight or 19, 18 or 19, well, you can take as much offenses as you'd like. So okay. I think most 18 and 19 year olds signing up for the military are the R word. 
what you said. <laughs> um, Just smarted. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, and I didn't even sign up for the military. <laughs> no, thank uh, the Lord. I would. I'm burn glad. Country to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's just everybody has their reasons. Yeah. I was a recruiter for the last three years. I was on active duty. And so um, I dealt with every possible reason that people would want to join. Everything, oh, you were you, know. you had like an office and people came in. Mm-hmm. And you had to like chase kids down in high school. No, Air Force is really easy. Really? Yeah, because people, the town that I was recruiting in, um, there was no propensity. That's what they know, called it, means. right? So propensity means that uh, like uh, if they're around a base, uh-huh. the propensity to join that military branch is higher mm-hmm. because it's uh you hear it all the time like oh yeah so-and-so's dad's in the air force so-and-so's yeah. dad's so then like kids grow up always hearing that and mm-hmm. then they just when they get ready to join a branch of service I'm they go toward that one yeah. Yeah. yeah so i it was the national guard was the propensity in my zone because mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't near an air force base but i was down the road from a college so most of the kids that i put in were the ones who went to college and it didn't work out yeah and mm-hmm. we're looking for another they couldn't find a job College wasn't their thing. They didn't want to. They just got done with twelve years worth of school. Yeah, being in high school and elementary school, and middle school, and then they realized I don't want to do this for another four years, uh-huh. and I definitely don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Right. So, a lot of times people join the military just thinking they're going to do four years. I'm just going to do four years, kind of figure out what I want to do with my life, and move on. And then they just either decided, like me, I just decided to stay. I don't have any really discernible skills to do anything. As there's, I did a civilian thing as for a year. Uh, and I hated it. Right. I don't, I have nothing against civilians, but, uh, <laughs> they can all burn in hell. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, <laughs> no, the hard part was, is I was a manager at a parts store at AutoZone. <laughs> and, um, maybe it wasn't the civilians that was the problem. It was your <laughs> job choice. No, it, you're absolutely right. And I remember this guy came in late for work and I was like, Hey man, um, you're late for work. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, mm. Well, first of all, let's not say it that way. And uh, and he was like, uh, what's the big deal? And I was like, well, other people had to pick up your slack until you got here. And he was like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't need this job. And walked out. So and you were like, you know what? You're right. And you're, you you're, walked out with yep. him. And I was like, you know, hey, hey, where are you going? You, yeah. you got room in your car? Because I need a ride. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck yep. you. <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> and so that was whenever I was like, it, that wasn't like the turning moment, but that was one of the moments that built up to me uh, getting back into service after yeah. a year. I see. I'm like the least confrontational person. He'd be like, "Fuck you!" I'm like, "All right, dude. All right. Well, I hope you have a good day. <laughs> hope your day gets better." You'd be like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this. Like, what would you do? I say we were talking about this. Nobody knows who the fuck I'm talking about. We weren't talking about this. I just made up this idea completely. It was a fake. Right it was a fake conversation you're having with your fake friends. Yeah. Uh, what would you do if, I mean, like you don't train in a gym now, but, um, you know, if a fake black belt, quote unquote, fake black belt came in, what, like, what do you think your reaction would be? As far as confronting him? Yeah. I don't give a shit. I see. I don't either. I don't give a shit. And I don't know why anyone else would give a shit. I can't, I can't like, I mean, I, I, I do give a shit. I, I can't say that I wouldn't. I would tell them, you know, if they came into my gym, I'm like, come on, dude, like you can't wear that, obviously. I don't even know that I would say that. But I've seen, I would be more mad that they would put me in a position to then have to confront them than that they have a <laughs> fake black belt on. How dare you make me have to yeah, now have I a have social to say scenario God with you. damn it. Why can't you just be an adult? Right. I don't think I care enough. I would say something for sure, but it wouldn't be, it well, wouldn't be super they, confrontational. Are they, well, 
The only reason I would like if they what did they sign up for your gym? Like, are we assuming that they signed up to become a student of yours? Maybe they they came in to try out a class. They came in and they wore their black belt. Yeah, but then but then they weren't interested in signing up. Well, you know how those those types are. They they're gonna they're not interested in signing up. They want to teach. That's what I was getting ready yeah, to say next. Like, oh man, like you know, maybe I could come in and. I'll coach. tell you what. Look, because yeah. we just deal with that with wrestlers all the time. Like, yeah, wrestlers would want to come in and and the coolest thing about uh, or the funniest thing about wrestlers and and again, I'm not downing wrestlers. A lot of my best friends are wrestlers. I am. <laughs> is that they all think they have a skill that you can't obtain from anywhere else, mm-hmm. and so then they come in, they go, "Hey, um, I don't have a lot of money, but I have this secret skill that no one else has." <laughs> yeah. And I'm willing to share it with your students if you let me train for free. <laughs> they do that in Arkansas because they're not they're not wrong. <laughs> they're not wrong. It is. Nobody true. else has it wrestling you. Yeah, but if I knew magic coin tricks, I don't go in and go, tell you what, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to do you. See this favorite. coin right here? Now you don't see it. Where did it go? Oh, it's in your ear. Guess what? I'm going to teach some classes here at your gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's scenario based. If um, That's true, too. If the guy comes in and is like, hey, um, I want to start training here. Well, then I'm going to be like, yeah, that's cool, man. But you're going to also have to take that black belt off. I don't really, I don't, I mean, like I, like I said, I don't care. Um, but at the same time, like I have, a, I have a way that I like to do things at my gym. Yeah. It's, it's a quote unquote system, you know, like for instance, we shake hands when I shake hands with everybody whenever I get on the mats and everybody does the same there. Mm-hmm. It's not because you need to pay ultimate respects to me. I make you shake everybody's hands because right. it's an easy way for you to be introduced to everybody on the mats and everyone to be introduced to you. Yeah. It's kind of like that, you know, like, dude, you can't wear a black belt because you're right. not a black belt in this art. You might be I in agree. a make-believe art that you made up, but not in this one. So There's a bunch of those. Up. Yeah. The first gym that I ever trained at before I started training real jujitsu, that was, that was the case. So I found this guy through a uh, hand-painted wooded, wooden sign. <laughs> That's not a joke. That's yeah. the true story. I had just gotten back home from, I, I was stationed in Texas for four years. And then uh, I got stationed back home as a recruiter in Louisiana. And uh, I was at my mom's cause I hadn't found a place to live yet. I was staying with my mom and I was driving to work one day and uh, going to Ruston where I was recruiting at. And I saw a sign and I was like, this must be serendipity <laughs> that this hand, I mean, not every day you run into a hand painted sign. Yeah. And so at least not for jujitsu. Maybe for like hay for sale or like <laughs> kittens, an, <a> kittens. <laughs> an 86 Toyota pickup truck, but yeah. never jujitsu. And so I called it up and then he was like, yeah, come on in, man. So I went in, uh, he taught me a jujitsu technique. I signed a one year contract oh, no. and um, went back to my next class and it was all karate. And that's when I found out that he was a Taekwondo guy or a karate, Ishinu karate guy. Good guy. Like I'm not talking shit about the guy. Uh, he put his time in, but he made up his own jujitsu program Mm -hmm. and then developed a rank structure for it yeah and then was that was what he was offering was his his version of jujitsu and which he had a black belt in yeah of course he did and then there's a uh there's an there's a few of those even locally yeah the thing that gets me that irks me is like it doesn't really irk me that's not even a word but uh it's a word the mma black belts like a that's not that's not a thing so trying to make it a thing how do you even well, that's another rabbit hole to go. To. I was gonna say, how do you even rank yourself in MMA? Because there's no grading criteria. But then, really, in modern day jujitsu, there's no grading criteria. Either, yeah, you know, I I'd, I'd been I'd been on the fence about it for a long time, but then 
you know, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm qualified to have an opinion I would say about so. this. Probably because, more qualified than me. Because I've been there and I've mm-hmm. done that. And it it's the same reason that people get upset about a fake black belt coming in and wearing a black belt on their mats. Now you've discredited what I've done. The like, you know, like the rank doesn't matter, whatever, blah, 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 but it does. And that black belt symbolizes a lot of time and a lot of effort that I put in for something stupid. I ultimately yeah. like to be really good at snuggling with my friends, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's stupid, but it's mine. Whenever you start to attach those things or, you know, make up those things, then you take the value away from what I did or um, the value away from what other people have done in that sport. If you wanted a black belt, you should have signed up for something else. You're not getting one yeah. in MMA. Sorry. Muay Thai. They don't have, you're not a black belt in Muay right. Thai. It's not a thing. So get over it and just be happy with. I think that's a monetization of the sport. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Because if, if the roots of this, of the martial art don't have it, then there's no reason you should have it. Right. Um, uh, but you know, at the same time, man, I respect the hustle. So there's that too. So I look at it and go, man, that you shouldn't monetize that. But at the same time, you look at it and go, well, you got into a business where you have to be creative to make money, mm-hmm. right? You own a gym. I, I've owned a gym before. I was extremely uh, unsuccessful in my gym ownership venture. We made enough to pay the bills. But when I say unsuccessful, I didn't get creative. I just showed up and taught jiu-jitsu. That's it. That's all yeah. I cared to do. I helped out some friends uh, when they needed help. I had a guy that 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 taught kickbox Muay Thai, and he needed a, he wanted a place to teach. So I said, "Hey, man, you can teach out of my gym mm-hmm. after my classes." Um, even the Cabot Junior Panthers needed a place to wrestle, so I gave them my gym. I was like, "You guys can wrestle before class." Yeah. Um, but I never got creative with ways to make money. I didn't do belt testings. I didn't do anything like that. I just had people pay me tuition, but it's because I also had a full time job. Yeah. I didn't have time to think of. At the time, I didn't have the time to think about all these creative ways, you know, these these summer workshops where you're going to you're going to do like your uh, your combat kickboxing to make, you know, a buck off of this. I just it just wasn't in my cards. But but you being a gym owner, I'm sure you've had to get creative in ways, you know, I haven't noticed it. I think you're pretty pure in the way you do things. I think you offer. Be, yeah. yeah, I know. I think you offer you don't you don't offer anything you don't have experience in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you offer any programs just to make money off the program. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really against like the high pressure sales, those little yeah. schemes that'll get you. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm against, I'm against for my business. It's just not part of my personal business philosophy. I'm like, if my product is good enough, then you should want to come in. Sure. Um, I shouldn't have to make you feel like you need to or trap you or anything like that. Like if my product is good. You'll come in. And I have a sales background just I mean, my experience in sales was selling the catfish. military, selling catfish and selling the military's lifestyle and opportunities to uh, young men and women of this country. But sometimes you even have to get creative in sales. So I, I do respect the hustle where, you know, if a guy wants to make a little bit extra money mm-hmm. off of offering those types of things and people are willing to pay for it. Well, then who are you to really, you know, not you personally, I don't mean to be like, you know, who do you think you are? Yeah. You know, but like, who are we, um, I guess to say, well, you know, man, that's just, that's just, you shouldn't do business that way. You have, you have to respect the fact that they're trying to hustle to make money. Right. It's everybody's yeah. own journey. There it's you go. just like anything else. Like I, I feel like, you know, that's, that's your life to figure out and it's my life to figure out. But for the record, I don't agree with it either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a fan of it. 
I, I think you should keep things simple. Mm. You know, if you're a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu school, teach Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And if you want to do belt testing, that's fine. Right. But make it worth the customer's time. Mm. Right. Um, and don't nickel and dime them on belt testings. Yeah. Uh, don't make up non adult BJJ belt <laughs> right. rankings. Yeah. So that you can give more, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying any names specifically. And and to my knowledge, I don't know of anyone in Arkansas that does it, but there are some gyms uh, that are well known throughout the country that have intermediate belts in between the adult jiu-jitsu the, belts. The green belt. The green the belt one. is yeah. one. And how do you? How the heck do you? It's funny that I said heck, because I wanted to say fuck, but I was like, no, I got to be an adult. And then, I, but I still said it anyways. No, so it no parents, no rules. We can say whatever. <laughs> That's we want. right. How do you, how do you go to a competition and explain that to a division and that see, doesn't exist? Right, and that's do what you do in competition and what you do on mat on the mats is ultimately what matters. Right, because if your rank tells me that you're a green belt but you perform like a blue belt, then that tells me all you're I need to know. You know what I'm saying? Like ultimately, like what whatever rank you are, I can watch you and know everything that I need to know about your jiu-jitsu. And I can how, roll with you, and, and I know whether you're legitimate or not. And I think most anybody that's spent any time in the sport can. And how short is, as an adult, how short is your attention span that you need a belt in between white right. and blue belt? Yeah. You know? Mm. And so it's one of those things where it's like, man, I don't know. Like, it goes back to what you said. I, I was a white belt for 18 months. Yeah. You know? And... Wow, 18 months. What a loser. I know, right? Eight months right here. I was a white belt for eight months. Really? Were you really? Yeah, I had one tip on one. And then you got your green belt? They, uh, I mean, some have called me the best that's ever lived, but... <laughs> you might venture to say that... Uh, they they would have said that I was the best white belt that's ever lived, but I didn't stay long enough there. I didn't stay long. People have written poems about me. <laughs> <laughs> white belt or white belt. I've been compared to sunsets in Montana. <laughs> yeah, no, I was a... Uh, I was a white belt for 18 months. So you can call me the R word. I'm not gonna... <laughs> I do. I remember watching, uh, I, I remember me mugging you all the time back in the day um, because I had seen, you had posted when you went to Brazil, when you were like a purple belt, I think. You had posted something on YouTube or, or it was like a camp, like an LDMA camp or oh, something yeah, like that. You guys yeah. come to that? No, I was a blue belt. You were a blue belt, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we, you might, it was probably like, you'd only been training for, not even a year yet, obviously. Yeah. When you got your <laughs> that was the first time I ever saw you, um, and for some reason I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna be that guy's best friend one day. Fuck that guy. <laughs> That's what I would have said. <laughs> I had. Man, he looks like he's been in a bunch of unsuccessful bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right after I got my blue belt, I would like we got sent up to uh, Miguel Torres' gym to train, and like it was getting ready for one of his fights. It sounds like it was a big deal, but it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> Went up there and got fucking schooled by a 14-year-old yellow belt. And, like, the, I mean, weeks after I got my blue belt, dude, I was... Did you come was back and put a yellow belt inches, on? Inches away from quitting. I was like, dude, <laughs> fuck this. So this is the worst. With that being said, what are your thoughts on people who demote themselves? So oh, you, you yes, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah um, I, I know people like that. I've got a guy, um, and if if Matt, if you're listening... This is your shout out. Uh, he's not going to be listening. So, but he did that. Uh, well, he didn't really do that, but um, he came from a gym in, in off the East Coast and uh, he trains in my 6 a.m. class. And he's a killer. Mm-hmm. He's super, super good. Um, and when I trained with him, I thought he was a white belt. 
and he was. But I was like, dude, this guy's super good. Like, yeah. For a white belt, you know, he's not better than me. Nobody is. But Nobody uh, is. <laughs> but he, I was like, man, this guy's really good. And he was a no stripe white belt. And um, but he was kind of one of those guys. And he's a purple belt now. So like, he started training with us last year, I think, maybe yeah. a year and a half ago. And now he's a purple belt. But he was also in an organization that you only got promoted if you went to the seminars. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. he was like, I don't. He was completely against that, which I don't blame him. Um, and he uh, he just never went to the seminars, yeah. so he was already had a really good base. But he had he had taken his stripes off when he came, and um, and then he became a purple belt pretty quick, obviously. But I, I've known a couple people to do that, you know, um, people who I have a purple belt that did that as well. It doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. here, I would. Here's the way, I, and and one of my buddies, um, and <clears throat> I know Joey is listening, so Joey's probably going to get a super boner right now when he hears me talk about him because that he's makes a, two of us. Because <laughs> he's a he's a real big fan of the of the podcast. Uh, the whole ep the one episode we have, he was a huge fan of it. This is the best episode yet. Yep. So he's going to be super happy to uh, to hear me talk about it. And he's one of my buddies that goes back a long, long, long time, ten years now. And um, you know, he was he was kind of in that place where, um, man, you know, I, I don't feel like. I'm a brown belt, but I came up and I trained with this guy and this guy, and they smoked me. And he's like, man, I don't feel like a fucking brown belt. Dude, here's the thing. You're just going to pause in time. That's yeah. it. You're just going to pause in time. So instead of going back in time, where we're going to put a purple belt back on you, you're just not going to get promoted four stripe brown belt anytime soon. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not a brown belt or, you know, you just, you're just going to hang out for a little bit. But this idea of taking off stripes and taking off belts, it's like, first of all, you're not a coach. So you don't know anything. Yeah. And and Joey is a coach, so I'm not referring to him in this respect, but the average person, right? And and Joey obviously didn't take off his rank. Um, I wouldn't have allowed that because he was he's a young brown belt. But um, but yeah, man, like it, worst case, you're just gonna be in the current rank that you're if you're not up to the standard, then you're just gonna be there a little bit longer. That's yeah. it. You're either gonna have to work harder or get over it. Yeah, that's it. But like taking rank off, like you still earn that rank mm -hmm. you, in somebody's opinion. You were ready for that. Yeah. So, you know, and I respect other other instructors, you know, everybody has a different standard. Ranking is kind of a funny thing because like I have a purple belt who I intentionally rank slowly mm -hmm. because he's competitive and I think he can be one of the best. I mean, honestly, one of the best in the country. Um, have I ever trained with him? You're going to soon, actually. Okay. He's coming up and he's going to start training with you guys for a little bit. Oh, very cool. Um, But uh, yeah, he's he's phenomenal, phenomenally good. And I rank him slowly. And then there's other people I'll rank a little bit faster mm -hmm. because I know they need a light, uh, a fire lit under their ass. You sure. know what I'm saying? Like, or their journey's different. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know? see these, you see these, some of these white belts that like they get to four tip white belt and they've been doing this for two years and they're like, God, like I'm, I still don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a white belt. They get that blue belt and they get that confidence. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden they're like killing everybody and they know what they're doing. Like, Oh, there it is. That's what I saw. You know? Even as a black belt, there's a ton of times. On uh, Friday was a perfect example, getting ready for the the uh, fights we have coming up mm -hmm. on September 21st. There are times as a black belt where I literally ask myself, how did I get so bad at jiu-jitsu? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how did I get so bad? And I look back and go, there was a time where I was so much better than this. Mm. But at the same time, it's a comparison against people who are really effing good. Yeah. You know, I get to train with you. I get to train with the guys at Westside, Andy, Wes, TJ Brown, Bryce Mitchell, these guys. So, like, when you compare it to top-level competitors or top-level jiu-jitsu guys for the area, like, obviously, none of us are world-class, mm -hmm. I don't think. I, I mean, 
any one of us would go to Worlds and not make it out of our division. Yeah, I've, you know? I've rolled with those dudes. It's yeah, not, like it's a different. I'm we don't do there. this full time. So yeah. it's it's. But for the local area, for Arkansas and the tri-state area, Louisiana, whatever, Mississippi, yada yada. You know, and it gets. we have a pretty good group. And we're all tough. And so when you're comparing yourself against other guys who are also improving the same as you, it's hard, man, because it's a it's a even I think it's an any given Sunday type situation mm-hmm. where if you're on point, I'm I'm feeling every ounce of it and vice versa. You know, it's it's a really weird dynamic. But I still am very judgmental in my performance, you know, even yeah, against too. super good guys. I think imposter syndrome is uh, something that runs rampant in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I mean, I suffer from it all the time because you, you think about it and you're just like, dude, like what the fuck am I? I spend my whole life like wrestling with people in pajamas. This <laughs> is retarded. Excuse me. R word. This R-word. is stupid. This is dumb. Like, why would I, why would I do this from, for a living? There's people that like work in offices and offices and do things that matter. They want to kill themselves. Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. So there's but, that. I mean, in Japan or is it China? They have nets around all the buildings. Yeah. So they could just bounce back in and get back to work. <laughs> just need a break. Bounce back in and get back to work. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's sad. I know. What music are you listening to right now? What albums? What's in your top album playlist? Well, one album that got back in rotation after you and I had a conversation, um, we were, you know, when you and I were talking about uh, different records that that don't get a lot of play and don't get a lot of um, notoriety is I started listening to Daisy by brand new again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually listened to that how, the other day. How is that not a more popular record? It's so good. It's so it really good. Is. And in my opinion, I think that it's better than the devil and God are raging inside of me. I really do. I don't, I don't think that it's better, but it's definitely for the direction that I thought they were going when they came out with that album. With Daisy or with? With Daisy. Devil, yeah. Both of them really just like yeah. blew my mind because neither one of them were what I was expecting from Brandon. Especially after? Deja and Tindu. Well, that... there's that. Yeah, that was the that was the album before yeah. Devil and God, right? With their first record, because I was listening to the podcast the other day, and I don't know if it's your favorite record or, or your favorite weapon or it's my favorite weapon is the name of the record. No, dude, it's. It's it, your, no, it's your favorite weapon. Our. It's our favorite. It's weapon. our favorite weapon. <laughs> Who's on first? I think that album is incredible. I think there's more filler on that album than most. On Daisy? Yeah. The, on, I than would, I on most brand new albums. They have some of the best lyrics on that album, though. Yes. There's one that where they say, um, some men die under the mountain looking for gold. Some men die looking for a hand to hold. Yeah. What? Dude. That's insane. Jesse Lacey has some of the most. When I first started listening to Brand New... They were coming along at a time in my life, even though I was an adult in my 20s, when this, when the albums came along, they really provided me with the female hate angst that <laughs> yeah. I was looking for yeah. at the time when I was going through my divorce and stuff. Because some of the stuff he says, like, and it's over a pop beat. Yeah. And like, one of my favorite uh, lyrics is when he says... um, I hope there's ice on all the roads. I hope you think of me when you forget your seat. And he goes, have another drink and drive yourself home. I hope there's ice on all the roads. I hope you think of me when you forget your seatbelt. And again, when your head goes through the windshield. And I posted that on my Facebook. Mm. And it wasn't about anybody. I just thought it was an awesome set of lyrics. Yeah. Um, 
And I had like a bunch of people who were like, bro, is everything okay with you? Yeah. I'm like, well, I am going through a divorce, but it's not related. I, I was yeah. posting that on MySpace, bro. <laughs> huh. Did you ever get on MySpace? I did for like three years. Oh, man. I was... I was I you know what I liked hunting, about MySpace? Hunting them down on MySpace. Apparently, you could sling it on MySpace, but I never, I never got to. Sl- I was Dude, married. But. I sling it all. What I peaked on MySpace, <laughs> and then <laughs> Tinder came out, and you're like, I'm just too tired. Yeah, I don't have anything. Left. <laughs> I don't have it left. If only it'd come along sooner. Yeah, <laughs> that was all about being a MySpace slut. The only other record that, uh, the only other music that I've been listening to pretty heavily, uh, and I know how much you love this band, is uh, Tool. And all of their stuff. <laughs> so bad dude they just came around at the right time for me um i'm not even really a metal fan and that was one of the weirdest things i'd ever heard somebody say one time when we were talking about music with somebody it was years and years ago and i was talking to this girl and i was like yeah you know tool's probably my favorite band and she's like yeah i'm just not really a metal fan but see i never considered no, those guys to metal. be metal um and maybe they're you can call them prog rock if you want. Like I usually call them bad. <laughs> well, Maynard's a brown belt in jujitsu. Doesn't make him good at music. Uh, he's kind of a dick too. Like I used to. I hate that he's 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 not a dick. If you're listening, Maynard. Um, if you're listening, if you're out there, Maynard. <laughs> the their music just came along at a pivotal time in my life when I was in high school, and uh, it was when Anima came out was when I first discovered them. On accident, I borrowed the CD from a friend of mine because I didn't know much about music back then. Mm. And um, I got into music super late in my life because I just listened to what my parents were listening to, which was mostly country music. And then um, a bunch of CCR, Little Tim McGraw, Indian Outlaw, Mm -hmm. uh, which they should change the name to Native American Outlaw. Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. That's not a real guy. It's Garth Brooks. Come on. Now. No, you're not fooling anybody. It's sad that I knew that. <laughs> I don't know why this. I've, we've been talking about Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines all weekend. I don't know why it's come up so often. I did see your picture of your cowboy hat. Oh, yeah. I wore that. I got to stop looking away from the microphone, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. It just fit me for that yeah. moment. And yeah. I just kind of fell into that role. And they made me go inside of Walmart with that damn cowboy hat on. It Nobody bad. probably blinked an eye, though. No, that's literally the only way I could fit in in that yeah. area. Otherwise, you were a standout. Yeah. But no, Tool just came along. And, and they're they're still, to this day, uh, one of the most influential bands. Because they, early stuff, their new stuff, I honestly, um, I hate to say, I waited a long time for their new album, Fear Inoculum, to come out only to be extremely disappointed. And I've had this discussion with people and I've had people that disagreed with me and that's fine. Um, You're wrong and I hate you. Right. But in my opinion, all they, they stopped trying after 10,000 days. Like when 10,000 days came out, Lateralis came, like they've just been writing the same song since I bet Maynard Lateralis. is really offended right now. Uh, you know, I don't. He's like, dude, I've been trying really hard. <laughs> he's like, he's been focused on his yeah. wine is what it is. But. <laughs> Tool can suck it. I don't give a shit about Tool. That's fair. Yeah, it's the only band that their title alone labels you as a person. But I think... <laughs> <laughs> That's all part of the joke, though. <laughs> Maybe ICP. You just that, say, those guys are really good. ICP, those guys are really good. Fantastic. Magnets, how do those work? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of envy their... Uh, dude, I want to go to a Juggalo Fest. Why would you not? 
how do the people watching at a juggalo fest would be next level i know i'm not a big fan of orange soda though that's the only thing i'd i'd be afraid it would fago. get all over me they yeah. make fago in all flavors though so don't worry. it's not just orange yeah it's it's they have them you can only buy them at like the dollar general store get the fuck out of here dude <laughs> <clears throat> juggalos that's dumb yeah there goes about 0.3 percent of our population of our yeah we just lost a lot of fans just now sorry guys uh we went from 100 to 98 <laughs> speaking of which um I want the Reddit people to to chime in. Man, I, I found myself all, after we posted the po- the uh, podcast over to Reddit to mm-hmm. uh, have those guys check it out. Uh, thanks to all the upvotes, because I think we had 10 upvotes, which is kind of a big deal yeah, on Reddit. No, that's huge for me. So I will say this, that we went from eight upvotes to nine upvotes, back And then to back eight. down and then <laughs> yeah. back up. I saw that too. I was like, these guys are just fucking with us It's right probably now. you and I going back and forth checking it all oh, freaking day. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see the Reddit community um, help us out a little bit with, you know, I'd love to see those guys get involved and, and see see them toss out some ideas for us um, and be a part of it. You know, it's a it's a cool community. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is a cool community as it is. And then to be able to unite the Reddit community in this would be pretty cool, too. So one of the guys from Reddit, I'm assuming he's from Reddit, listened to our podcast and told me he likes musical tastes. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me excited because I have. Excellent. I like everything I listen to. I have excellent taste in music. I like so. most things you listen to as well. Yeah. Um, no, he actually asked. He asked what bands we were listening to right now. Oh, now I feel like a loser because feel, that why? guy's because that guy's probably like a, he's probably an audiophile, and I'm over here talking about brand new and tool like, like an idiot. <laughs> so back to bands that I've been listening to. So yours is probably gonna be way better than mine. I, I feel like a loser. Uh, I found. I recently found a band that I think they've been out for. Their one album has been out for a while called 1994 is it with by an exclamation point. Captain Geach and the Trimp Shack Shooters? No. This is my second favorite band. No, 1994. Apparently, they just recorded their album on an iPhone, and it sounds really good. It's it's awesome. The way technology is today, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, I've, I, uh, I made a really neat uh, jujitsu video that I've never released to anyone. Mm. It's still on my phone using iMovie. Yeah. So you've gotten some pretty good ones out there too. Um, I, get, I get crazy with it. So 1994 exclamation mark. Yeah. And they just recorded their first album. Is it on Spotify? No, no, no. Their album has been out for a long it's time. It's been out. Oh. Yeah. I don't even know if they're still a band anymore, but. Well, they're about to be. Yeah. We're about, they're about to We're about to the put them up. on the chart. I feel like a total poser too for the other day. You asked me albums that I would take to a dessert. I was island. disappointed. I totally forgot about uh title fight. Yeah. You mentioned that after the fact. Title fight shed. I would I would take that album. I listen I'm listening to that album almost all the time. I went through a phase where I was like, you know, I think I just like gotten out of a relationship or something and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do better for myself, you know, and then you get in a relationship and you're like, Oh fuck off. Um <laughs> Progress can wait. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn every song on this album on guitar because I freaking love that guy's guitar playing. I learned all the tool songs on the bass. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Another band that I'm into. Ah, <laughs> oh, so you have good taste. Uh, uh, Drug Church. That's another one. Drug Church. Drug Church. It's a pretty awesome name. There. Have you ever heard "Me Without You"? Did yep. you ever listen to "Me Without You"? This is probably a pretty far-reaching comparison, but it reminds me of a hardcore version of "Me Without You." Hmm. So "Me Without You" is more like poetry spoken over um, loud rock music, right? Drug Church is still like very catchy punk rock music, still kind of like preachy, loud, 
uh, talking more than singing, but really, really good. I freaking love it. And then Sleepy Dog. That's oh, yes. Yeah. Have you like looked into his history? Yeah, I looked in. So he has a website. And so he's in North Carolina or something, South Carolina? North Carolina. Maybe. Is that you? Were mm-hmm. you telling me that I was right? No, I was just. You just wanted to say no. Okay. PD Pablo. <laughs> yes, that Sleepy Dog. I've introduced him to a couple of people. I will say this. Not nearly as many people have had the response that you and I had. Yeah. Because when you posted it on Instagram and I went and checked them out, in my defense, I had been drinking. So I listened to them when I was sober <laughs> and he was still just as good. Oh, yeah. Just I got chills good. when I first heard Dude. it. I was like, oh, yes, this song's so his His ability to write melodies over those types of uh, that kind of math rock yeah. guitar playing, mm. I thought was super, super awesome. Yeah, that sucks. I should have put them on my list, but I haven't been listening to. Did you hear that one too? Yeah, I did. it's the same person. I'm sure everybody hears it. <laughs> I, w- I went through. A f- I tried to work out to listening. I was trying to work out listening to him. It's not easy to lift weights to an off time beat. Yeah. <laughs> so I really only like that song "Screamers 2.0." No, there's a bunch of. There's them. he's some got some really like good ones. some other good ones, but that's really the only one that I'm just super super into. Space Camp. I like Space, Space Camp. Space Camp yeah. was good. And then uh, Bees, was it, what was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That was about. a really good song, too. Mm-hmm. You remember when, like, rap artists would uh, put on uh, the answering machine before a song? Mm-hmm. You hear beep, and it'd be like their grandma. Yeah. I told you he was going to make it as a rapper. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I miss those. <laughs> we need, like, voicemail messages. Best and worst parts of running a gym. Oh, man. I got a good one because this kind of goes in. We were going to talk about, I had a question of like, what's your worst cringe moment in BJJ, BJJ, BJJ. I have two of them, one from teaching, one from being a student. My most awkward moment while owning a gym was when a guy showed up to my gym and asked me why I was still fucking his wife. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't, by the way. Yeah. Just so everybody's clear. I wasn't. His, when I was going through my divorce, his ex-wife, they were not married at yeah. the time. They were going through a divorce. Used to watch my kids and babysit for me. Yeah. And I guess he saw me Getting leaving her apartment. To pound town. Yeah. He, <laughs> I didn't have money. I had to pay somehow. No. Um, <laughs> I guess he saw me leaving her apartment after picking my kids up. Yeah. And um, it was at night because I'd gone on a date that night. I was single. and uh, i know right um i never held anybody's hand though and you stayed one bible thickness away from me (laughs) and i think he had seen me leave and then he just assumed all right well uh, mitch is fucking my wife yeah so i'm gonna go confront him at his place of work oh that's awesome (laughs) it was super weird what was even weirder about it was i see him come in the door and i'm like oh what's up friend yeah what's up buddy hey what are you doing here and then it's that weird moment where everything like you go through a completely different emotional change where like the whole room changes. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you're literally like, Hey, what's up putty? And he's like, why are you fucking my wife? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you have that heart drop moment. Where yeah. Like, oh God. And you're like, Oh shit. I'm like, who's your wife? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was, that was probably one of my most awkward moments. And, and obviously him and I, we're friends and stuff like that. It's, it's fine. But it was a very uncomfortable moment for me. Yeah. Cause I'm teaching kids class. I had a guy come in. Yeah. So when you first, when I first opened the gym, 
I treated this like I did with music. I was like, no matter how many people are there, I'm going to play like I'm playing for a whole fucking stadium. You know what I'm saying? So like one person shows up or a million people show up to class. I'm going to rock this class out, you know? And this guy comes in. He's the only one in my morning class, which is always just unbearably awkward. Of course. Because then you have to teach a private lesson, but you can't show them the moves. You have to do that, do that, with do them. it on them. And uh, which there's no chance of them understanding what you're doing. And uh, so I go, all right, well, like the first thing that we do before class is we bow in to, you know, show class. And he goes, I only give glory to God. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> oh, I almost unplugged my headphones. <laughs> Dude, I, li- I literally was like, uh, well, we're not like giving glory to anybody. It's just, yeah. you know, this is how we start class. You should just be like, well, well, you think just today? Just yeah. Today you no, could. dude, I got to the moment where I was like, well, I'm going to bow in. You can do whatever yeah, you want. You um, do whatever you want. I bow in. He's like, mm-hmm. You should have been just... like, East is that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, dude, that was one of the most awkward classes. What do you say to that? I did. That could say, I was just like, oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and bow anyways because that's what feels comfortable right now. You should just been like, what the fuck do you say to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I demanded so much respect of him. Like, uh, well, you need to be on your knees before you bow in, please. Yep. <laughs> You've already set the precedence for yourself. Yeah. And now you're, like, constantly waiting for that guy to sin. I have a, like, I oh. have rings on my fingers that all my students have to come up and kiss, actually, before <laughs> class starts. I have to kiss the tip of my belt. <laughs> Sneak a penis in there every now and then. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I got that? you again. Ew. Got What's you the again. bottom of the popcorn? Gross. You smell it? <laughs> <laughs> the other one that I had was, um, dude, this one is so, it makes it sends shivers up my spine whenever I think about it. I got to Chicago to Carlson Gracie Jr.'s, his gym. I got to train with him. And like, then I didn't, done another day where this man named Daniel Vanderlei showed up and I did his class and I'm going to connect it for you. you. You know exactly who he is. I did his class and it was kind of awkward. Like he was Brazilian and he spoke English all right enough, but it was more like he was angry at us the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then he played Brazilian music, which just sounded like people fighting in an apartment <laughs> complex. Like it, it just sounded like the neighbors were fighting. And then uh, at the end of class, so he taught like this double arm bar thing, which he made damn sure I knew when we rolled that he could do that. He could do it. And uh, I was like a blue belt at the time, like early he whispered, blue belt. He whispered, "Move of the day." Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> so then at the end, he starts like, you know, thanks everybody for coming. Except he, Johnny. He kind of motions to me, like, and says something that I can't really understand. And for some reason, in my nervous brain, I interpreted it as he wanted me to come up front. <laughs> And like, so he could tell everybody, thank you for coming in and visiting. And so I stepped out of line to walk up there. And he literally goes, he literally stops and goes, what are you doing? And I was like, dude, I don't know. And like a white belt behind me just goes, dude, what are you doing? And I was like. And you're like, you didn't hear him ask me the same fucking question? (laughs) I had to walk back to my spot and like hang my head down just in shame. You should have just left. Oh, I really should have. As soon as he was like, what are you doing? You should have been like, "Uh, apparently I'm leaving. So Yeah, (laughs) later. So anyways, that was uh, who is now Anthony Pettis' jiu-jitsu coach. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's hilarious. What what belt were you? I was a blue belt. Like You... You should have said, you should oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to promote me. I thought that's what this (laughs) was about. (laughs) Well, I figured now that I have a blue belt, I should start disappearing. So (laughs) I was going to head out. (laughs) 
That is super uncomfortable. Yeah, that's like, still, I'm glad I got that one out because I've been holding that in for a while. <laughs> thinking that nobody, now that I'm a black belt, I can tell all Now you all can tell stories. people about that. And yeah. like, there's going to be like 50 people that are like, I've done the same thing. Dude, oh my God, it gives me like, I have goosebumps right now thinking about it. Oh, wow. I don't know that I've ever done anything like that. I want to, I really want to think of a story that was close. Yeah, I, that's I've had pretty some, awesome. Though. I've had some good ones, bro. That's I, pretty awesome. I watched a dude one time get... He got armbarred in an MMA fight and then got his blue belt the next day. That's one thing that I am against. If you get submitted, don't promote. You're not getting promoted on the podium. You know what I'm saying? Like it kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about before about the guys that make promises to win big fights and then and then they don't win the big fight. Yeah, it's like, well, we already bought the belt. <laughs> right. I can't talk much though. My my professional career uh, started by me losing two amateur championship fights. I lost one. No wonder. Is that why you got your blue belt in eight months? Yeah. <laughs> dude, and I, was, I was smoking. Uh, I lost to Thomas Gifford. Thomas is tough, though. He is, but I had a Brazilian guy in my ear the whole time telling me I better not lose to Justin Bieber. <laughs> and, and that really pissed me off. He and doesn't then, look like Justin Bieber anymore. Not right? anymore. He did when he was 17. I know. He I looks like him. the lead singer of Florida Georgia Line now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the guy that TJ fought at, I think, at Pyramid. No, 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 at 365. Okay. Uh, not too long ago, but yeah. And that was kind of a fluke, we felt like. So then the obvious choice after losing two fights would be to go pro. <laughs> and so well, there's my experience. Yeah, and then I won by knockout. Thank the good Lord above. That was terrifying. Every episode that we do, we're going to have a call out. I'm always, I call out somebody every episode. I'm calling out Eminem. I was listening to his <laughs> albums and he does hey. like, He's always calling, like, I'm going to call out the alphabet. I'm going ham on this shit. <laughs> I'm like, dude, nobody asked you to. Nobody even asked you to. Yeah. You're just doing things people aren't asking. I figure we can get famous if we can get Eminem to. I think so. We can probably get him on the podcast. Holler back at us. He's just give, just give us a hashtag on Instagram. Um, That is pretty cringeworthy, though. You're, uh, My story. When you walk. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're a blue belt, though, so it's even. It's okay, though. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Not bad. I had a guy that uh, left my gym because I wouldn't promote him to Blue Belt. Oh, really? Yeah. He went to another gym because he thought he was going to get promoted faster. Sayonara. Yep. He never showed up to class. He yeah. He got mad about it. And he was one of those guys that was like, but I'm beating all these, I'm, I'm beating all the white belts. Okay. Well, you're still beating people within your peer group. So right. that works out. I've always, I've always like told people like, listen, one of the fundamental things about jujitsu is you have to be able to relate it to other people. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to teach it. Because nine times out of ten, we're, we are our own best teachers. That's true. Like, you know, like you can't, your coach can't be there all the time. How many techniques have you learned? Because the higher rank that was working with you right. was able to break it down. And so you have to, if you can't break that stuff down, if you're a big, strong guy that just beats up a bunch of white belts, that's cool and all. Like, yeah, you're, you're good. You probably perform at a blue belt level, but you're not going to be able to relay that information to people. No. And you're probably not going to do that to people your own size. Right. Right.